The Bible tells us to try the spirits to see whether they are of God or not. In other words, to test the spirits. Now, how, how do you do that? I mean, because the Bible warns us that there are many false prophets that have gone out. So how do you try the spirits to see whether this thing is from God or not? Well, the simple answer is this. You ask questions. You ask questions. So first of all, you have to have a good uh, background knowledge of the Bible. In other words, what does the Bible actually say? That's one of the reasons I encourage people I have a program called How to Begin a Relationship with God Without Church and Religion, and I encourage people to get educated first in the Word of God before you ever choose a church, that choosing a church of your choice, you know, is way down the list of developing a relationship with God. Once you've developed that, once you get some background knowledge, once you understand what the Bible teaches, then you go out and choose a church. But even then, it's going to be your responsibility to try the spirits to see whether they are of God or not. Now, the way you do this is, is simply by asking questions. Now, let me give you an example of, of how you do this. I, one time, several years ago, I wrote letters to a lot of mega churches, and I sort of asked the question, I said, what, what do I have to do to get saved or to be saved? And... A lot of answers came back, but one of the most typical common answers is that I got from this mega church was, well, the answer was, well, there's, you know, it basically God has already done everything needed. Your part is real simple. Just believe and receive. Okay. So what do I got to do to be saved? The answer was just believe and receive. Now, the problem was, is that I know my Bible. And I know that a rich young ruler came to Jesus one day and said, Good master, what good thing must I do to have eternal life? And, and of course, Jesus said, Well, why do you call me good? There's none good but the Father. But if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. Now, first of all, he says, if, the biggest two-letter word in the English language, if you're going to enter into life, keep the commandments. Now, again, I know that Commandment keeping is not what saves us. It is the grace of God. But let's, let's understand something. Christ is not going to spend eternity with a pack of rebels. And for that reason, he simply says, if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. So because I knew that, I knew the answer that the megachurch was giving me. That's, that's one of the ways I tried the spirits to see whether they are of God or not. You know, it comes down to who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe Jesus Christ that says, if you will enter into life, keep the commandments? Or are you going to believe this megachurch that tells me, well, your part is real simple. All you got to do is receive and believe. See, there's a conflict there. Now, and I don't know how many churches would tell you the same thing that Jesus told this rich young ruler. That is, if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. But I'll tell you that. You know, if you went into life, keep the commandments. So in order to try the Spirit, you've got to have the courage. First of all, you've got to know what your Bible says already. And then you've got to ask questions to the ministry, either by writing a letter or one-on-one -on -one or however you do it. It doesn't matter how you do it. But then you've got to compare their answer to the biblical model that you find in the Bible. How do you try the spirits? You ask questions.
Is That Really in the Bible? presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. Okay, 1 John 4 and verse 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So the warning here is that there are many false prophets in the world. You know, your Bible says that Satan appears as an angel of light, and also his ministers come across as ministers of righteousness. So we, we just got to understand that what Jesus Jesus spoke a lot about false teachers, false preachers, false prophets, and he warns us. And, you know, he doesn't leave us on our own. He doesn't give us, he doesn't leave us without some way to know, okay, whether this person, where is this person coming from? Is this person a true representative of God or not? There is a way to do that, but you, you've got to you know, you've got to be willing to try the spirits. No one's going to do this for you. Now, if you're one of these people that sit in church and you don't believe, you don't bring your Bible, and you never ask questions, and, you know, all you are is just addicted to religion. Religious addiction is being in a church, being in a denomination where you never, where you don't have to think or make decisions for yourself. So if you're in a church and you never ask questions, Now, it doesn't have to be your minister. It could be another person or whatever, but you're going to have to have that background knowledge of what the Bible says, and then you're going to have to compare it to what people are telling you, what your preacher is telling you. And often you're going to find that it's when you test the spirits that the spirit is not coming from God. The answer, at least, that you're getting back is not coming from God. For example, Jesus said, think not that I've come to destroy the law. He goes on to say, you know, heaven and earth will pass away, but not one jot or tittle is going to pass from the law. So you walk outside and you say, you look up at the heavens, you say, well, there's the heavens, and I'm standing on earth, and evidently nothing has passed away from the law. I mean, that's what Jesus said. And then you ask your preacher, well, what do you believe about the law of God? And if you hear the old sing song of, well, the law's been abolished, you know, we're not under the law, we're under grace and grace plus nothing and not of works, lest any man should boast. And they always stop right there and they never continue that verse that we are God's workmanship created unto Christ Jesus unto good works. They just stop right there with not of works, lest any man should boast. Well, basically, if that's the answer, that old sing-song, worn-out, tired theology, if that's what you get, well, you've just identified the spirit where it's from. It's not of God. It's not of God because Jesus said, look, don't think it. Don't think that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. I haven't come to destroy but to fulfill, and, and most people don't even understand what the word fulfill means. You know, most people read that, and they say, well, I haven't come to destroy but I've come to destroy. That's how they interpret that. But no, the word fulfill, you know, it's 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 like a cup of water half full. You have this law that says don't commit adultery. Okay, the cup is half full. But I have come to fulfill the law. You've barely you've heard it said of old time, don't commit adultery. But I say unto you, okay, Christ is going to fulfill the law here. He's going to fill fill that glass completely full. But I say unto you, if you so much as look at a woman to lust, you're guilty of committing adultery. Okay, he fulfilled that law by giving us the real entirety definition of what it means to not commit adultery. There were all kinds of people, Pharisees, walking around who could honestly say they had never cheated on their wife. 
But what was going on in their mind was another story. So in that sense, Jesus fulfilled the law by giving us its true interpretation, its true in-depth meaning to the full. Yes, that's how he fulfilled the law. Okay, so you have to test or try the spirits. Now, maybe you're one of these persons that's a little bit timid, shy, and and you're not a one-on-one person, and you don't like controversy. I can understand that, but... You know, you can write a letter, like I did, to these churches and just ask them questions. You don't have to do it one-on-one. You can ask. You can send in a letter to your denomination, your church, and ask them questions about the Bible and see if it lines up with the Word of God. If it, you know, and if you find out it doesn't, you're going to have to make some tough decisions. You're going to have to say, okay, can I stay in a church that is teaching or preaching a lie that is not where they, the spirit is not from God. That's, that's what it boils down to. You, you've got to. Now, again, you have to go back to the message originally of two spirits, two religious spirits, that there are two religious spirits, and they both come across as deeply you know, religious about serving God, about being a Christian. But you've got to identify which spirit it's coming from. Now, what I have found is this, that people people live in their comfort zones. They live in their echo chambers. They're only hearing what they want to hear from church. They probably don't want to hear anything about you know, God anyway. They don't want to hear what God's will is. They don't want to hear about God's law. They don't want to hear anything they have to do. You know, that's the carnal mind. The carnal mind loves a religion that says, just believe, just accept. There's nothing you must do. Uh, grace plus nothing the carnal mind loves this i mean that's what it wants to hear the carnal mind doesn't want to do anything anyway and you know your problem may not be that you're unwilling to test the spirits your problem may be that you are carnal and you've never been converted in the first place and you're just in a church that tells you what you want to hear you're not interested in questioning anything you know that's the last thing you would ever do because you're not a sincere you're not a true christian in other words you're not true you're not converted so you, you need to quit playing church and just get out of the way. Uh, you know, just, just, just can the whole idea of being religious. If you want to dress up, well, go, to, go somewhere else to dress up. You know, go to a concert or something and go to a, a circus show or something if you want to be entertained by religion or whatever. But, but you, you have to, well, that's another story. But hopefully you are sincere, and I'm trying to tell you how to test the spirits. You've got to ask questions. I mean, think about what the Bible says about false prophets. I mean, it's, it's shot through throughout the entirety of the Bible. The warning is there again and again and again and again about there would be false teachers. And again, God didn't leave us without a way to discern where they're coming from. And this verse in 1 John 4 and verse 1 tells us how to do it. But you can't just sit back and let somebody else do it for you. you you've got to do it yourself. You have to prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. You have to be like the Bereans who, you know, they would prove all, th- you know, to see whether these things were so or not. They searched the scripture daily to see whether these things were so. Now, again, it starts with a good background knowledge of the Bible. But once you have that good background knowledge you see here's the problem a lot of you through going to church for 40 years have lost the good background of knowledge because you've been spoon-fed by your preacher 
you know, you're believing some of the lies that are being told. You know, a lot of you need to take a sabbatical from church and start studying things from yourself for yourself instead of just letting the minister spoon feed you every Sunday morning and you're there without your Bible, you're not proving, you're not going back and studying these references. If, if he even gives you a reference, he may give you one during the sermon. But, you know, you're not, you're not studying this stuff for yourself. You have to have that background knowledge of truth. Religion today has become nothing more than an emotional religion. It's like, okay, I feel like I love Jesus. I feel like I know I have a relationship with with him. I feel like I'm saved. I feel like I'm a good person. That doesn't mean a thing. It's about truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. A lie is not going to do a thing for you, but cause you to live in a state of deception. You have to know the truth about what the Bible says. And I'm telling you, people don't care about truth today. They could care less. It's all an emotional thing. It's just, I feel like I'm a Christian, and that's good enough. You know, that's the one thing God's not going to ask you. How did you, did you feel like you loved me? Did you feel like you were a Christian? He's not going to ask that question. Well, you know, he's going to ask, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I say? And then he refers to those, you know, workers of iniquity. That's a, that's a lot. The word iniquity means lawless. It's just the word lawless. It's a lawless theology. It's a no-law theology, and you hear that in a lot of churches, a no-law theology. Why did you call me Lord, Lord, and, and would not do the things that I say? That's what Christ is going to ask you. He's not going to ask you, how did you feel about me? Did you feel that you were a Christian? That's not going to be the question. Okay, let's go into what the Bible says about false prophets. And look at the warnings there. And then ask the question, what are you going to do about this? In Isaiah 56 and verse 10, it says, His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Okay, his watchmen. Who are the watchmen? Whether well, they're, they're the men and men, supposedly men of God, that's supposed to be watching world events, watching what's coming down around our ears, watching the morality of our nation, watching the direction that America is heading, and warning us. Yeah, the preachers, okay. But this says, look, they're, they're dumb dogs. Well, how are you going to determine if your man of God that you worship is a dumb dog? Well, there is a way. You've got to ask questions. You've got to measure what he says against the Bible. Yea, they are greedy dogs, verse 11, which can never have enough. And they are shepherds, notice that, shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his own gain from his quarter. In other words, it's sort of about the money, is it not? His own gain. Okay, what's that talking about? Well, you know what it's talking about. It's talking about financially being able to survive. You know, it's what it's all about. And I'll read something to you here in a second that proves that. Um, but, but you see... One of the worst things that's going to happen to you is the fact that you like your minister. Now, it's good that you like your minister. It's, it's good that he's a likable person. But, you know, that really is going to set you up for great deception, the fact that your minister is a charismatic, likable person. 
Because you're just going to fall for the personality. It's, it has nothing to do with truth. It's just you like his personality. And so, you know, it just presents a situation where you are extremely gullible, and chances are you're not going to ask any questions. You're not going to prove all things because you like your minister. My minister said so. How many times have I heard that? You know, a lot of people, if my minister told, if the minister told you to jump off a cliff, you'd probably do it. I mean, it, you know, it's just the fact that he's a likable person, person in love with the personality, the fact that he's a good man, and he may be a good man. He may be sincere. You know, you can be sincere and sincerely wrong, but he may be sincere. He may be the most likable person you've ever met. He may do a lot of good works and serve his community and, you know, all these good things. But that's not the issue. The issue is truth. And there's only one way you're going to find out what his truth is, and that is if you ask questions and measure it up against what the Bible says. That's how you test the spirits, by asking questions. I want to read something uh, to you from, uh, I think it was originally from the Tyler, Texas paper. You can look this up on the internet, Voices of Unbelief Behind Pulpits. It says, on Sunday morning, you will find him leading hymns in one of the independent churches of Christ congregation somewhere in South Carolina. Call him Adam. He is a church administrator, a worship minister, and a self-proclaimed atheist, agnostic, That last detail is a secret. After all, his wife and teenage children are devout believers that he needs to stay employed. In other words, what they believe is this man needs to keep his job. Here's how I handle my job. I see it as play acting. I kind of see myself as taking on a role of a believer in a worship service and performing. I know how to pray publicly. I can lead singing. I love singing. I don't believe what I'm saying anymore in some of these songs, but I see it as taking on a role in performing. Maybe that's what it takes for me to get myself through this, but that's what I'm doing. Now, the researchers don't know how many of these people there are, for sure. They haven't documented how many people, because a lot of them will not admit this, voices of unbelief behind the pulpits. But they speculate that it could be more than we realize. Another quote, Jack, the Southern Baptist, has concluded that the grand scheme of Christianity for me is a bunch of bulk. Thus, he quietly planning a new career. If someone said, here's 200,000, I'd be turning in my notice in this week saying a month from now is my last Sunday because I can pay off everything. So, you know, and it goes through more and more examples of what some of these men actually admitted in this report voices of unbelief behind the pulpits. Now, you know, here's the problem. A lot of you could go to church for 40 years with a minister like this, and you would never know it. Why? Because you don't ask questions. One, you don't know your Bible that well. And two, you don't have the courage to to send in a letter or one-on-one to ask him a question about his personal faith or what he believes about this scripture or that scripture. You just, you, you would never know it. You know, you you would swear up and down that you're being led by a man of God, you know, and that he's a great man. And he may be a, a good, kind, decent man. It's just that he doesn't believe, you know. So, you know, how are you going to know? I mean, when, when do we get serious about being spoon-fed 
every single thing, just like you go to church on Sunday and you someone drills a hole in your head and they pour in mainstream Christianity and you you put the cap back on, you walk out the door of your church and you say, well, I must be a Christian. I mean, I've just I've been to church, I've paid my vows, I've done my duty, my religious duty, and uh, I'm a God-fearing person, you know. It just, uh, it doesn't take much to convince ourselves, or so it seems, that we are in the right with God, that we know the Lord, that we're in a relationship. We seem to, it takes very little to, to convince ourselves, it seems. And the point is, does it measure it up to the truth of the Bible. A friend of mine that was I was working with one time said, we were talking about religion, and he said, you know, I believe that all churches are good. Well, I was about shocked when I heard that statement because obviously he was under the assumption that there was just one spirit, one deeply religious spirit, and that is the spirit of God. He was totally unaware that there are two deeply religious beings and it depends on and you will you know you will never know which is which until you ask questions if you just blindly assume well man all churches are good i'm going to the church of god right here on the street corner i'm going to a church i can walk to closest one to me and it's got to be of god it's got to be good man you are going to be deceived you know jesus said now we're talking about asking questions we're talking about you either one-on-one or writing a letter finding out what your church believes on certain issues be it a statement of beliefs be it the subject of salvation receiving the spirit of god the law of god just asking questions like what must i do to be saved or whatever you know if you enter into life keep the commandments You're not going to hear that, though. I can almost guarantee you, you're not going to hear that from your minister. You're basically basically going to hear grace plus nothing. But, okay, asking questions. On the subject of asking questions, Jesus said this in Luke 11 and verse 9. He said, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeketh finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. Now, why? Why is this scripture in here? Do you find people doing this at church? Seeking, asking, looking, knocking. No, you don't. You don't. You find people living in their comfort zone. You find people living in their echo chamber. They're only hearing what they want to hear from the pulpit. They're only hearing the sound of their own theology coming back to them. They're only hearing what they want to hear. They're not seeking. They're not looking. They're not asking. They're not doing any of these things. They have reached this, what they think is a spiritual plateau where they say, I have arrived. I'm saved, sanctified, and heaven-bound, and I have arrived. Let me ask you something. How much confidence do you place? How much confidence do you have in your relationship with God? How much confidence do you have in your church? And this is something I see all the time. People have incredible confidence in their church, you know? And, uh, you know, and which leads me to the next message I'm going to be doing about absolute confidence. And we seem to think that, you know, uh, 
absolute confidence is a Christian virtue. Well, I'm not so sure about that as you study and look at the examples found in your Bible. But I find people having just incredible confidence in their relationship. Oh, I know I'm saved. I know I'm heaven bound. I know I'm right with the Lord. And yet, when you look at some of the people in the Bible, you realize who were very close to God, who actually had a relationship with God. You look at some of the examples, and they, did, they didn't always have a lot of confidence. And then you look at the ones who had a lot of confidence, and they were about to fall flat on their face, such as Peter, Lord, I will never deny you. I'll go to the grave. I'll go to my death for you. And Peter ended up denying Christ three times, but he had absolute confidence. Well, you know, we just got to ask the question. We've got to be willing, I should say, to ask questions to our religious leaders, to our ministers. You know, in our church, I am not offended at all by, by someone asking me questions or questioning what I teach. I'm just not, you know, because I realize, first of all, I am learning myself. I'm on a journey to spiritual growth and close, getting closer to God. So I don't know it all. But, you know, if you ask me a question, I'm, I may not be able to answer it right then, but I will get you an answer, and I will get you an answer from the Word of God. It may take some time, but I'm not. In other words, you can approach me. You can ask me questions. And I'm not, as a minister, I'm not offended by that. I don't get upset if you question. I mean, look, I have people that disagree with me all the time. Believe me, all the time. And I'm not offended, offended by that. You know, people have their right to their own personal opinion. But I'm just saying, in our church, it's a little different approach uh, than most churches. The ministry is not unquestionable. Don't you dare question anything. We have we're we're men of God, and we're on God's side. And don't you dare question anything uh, about our beliefs or doctrines or the way we view God. No, I'm not like that at all. And if you find that in your church where the minister cannot be questioned. You basically are in a cult. It's what you're in. Now, you may not know that, but if you cannot question the authority of your church, you're in a cult, and you need to get out because you're brainwashed. You're totally brainwashed if you're in a cult. I have a program called How to Begin a Relationship with God Without Church and Religion. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a very... Uh, extensive program uh, 12 tracks I believe uh, 6 CDs audio CDs on how to begin a relationship with God without church and religion and it's it's you see I think I, I think we got it backwards in our society you know we most people say well I choose a church of my choice or I go to the church my parents went to and then I get me some religion and therefore I have a relationship with God. As a people, we have substituted a personal relationship with God for church and religion. We have placed church. Church has almost become an idol to religious people. You know, my church says, my minister said, my my rabbi, my my uh, priest, whatever says this or that and and we have placed the church as an idol. And we think this idol will do all of our thinking for us. 
that it will make all our decisions because we belong, because our name is on the roster or whatever of a certain church that we've got it made and we're heaven bound. You know, we we have placed the church as an idol, and it's it's critical to begin a relationship with God without church and religion. And I go through a, an extensive program on what you can do to do just that. I have one title in t- uh, called How to Understand God Without the Bible, that you could spend a lot of time understanding God without the Bible, and I illustrate how you can do that. You know, it's, it's, it's just important that we not assume when we walk through the doors of our church that I'm standing on holy ground. Now, I know we have that example with Moses. You know, he was standing on holy ground. You know, Moses, remove the shoes from your feet. Your, your, your ground you are standing on is holy ground. We sort of have that illusion when it comes to our religion that when we walk through the doors of that church, we're standing on holy ground, and this is the Word of God. And just, you know, just because they read from the Scripture doesn't mean they understand the Scripture. It doesn't mean they're living by the Scripture. It doesn't mean they're doing what the Scripture says. Isaiah 8 and verse 20, you know, if, if they don't speak to the law and testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. It doesn't say there's a little bit of light. It just says there's no light in them. And your church's view of the law will be a critical revelation to you. If you begin to question that area, just what is your stance on the law of God? And you might be amazed what you find out. But, but you, you know, this is how you test the spirits is what I'm saying. This is how you do it. And most people, you know, it's easier to live in the comfort zone. It's, it's easier just to, you know, I've heard that in some Catholic church that the priest speaks Latin. It's not even a language that, that Americans understand in some cases. But, you know, that's how we like it. You know, it's like your religion is no good if you understand it. That's, that's sort of the mindset that a lot of people have. If I understand it, then it's no good. It's all mystical. It's all smoke and mirrors. It's all, you know, somebody's got to interpret this for me. Somebody's got to do my thinking for me. Somebody's got to explain this for me. Nonsense. What you need is you, your Bible, and a spirit of unconditional surrender where you say, God, you know, I have a stiff neck, rebellious heart, but I'm willing to at least try to do what you tell me to do. And I'm willing to be corrected. And I'm willing to be shown that I'm wrong. That's what you need to understand God. You know, Jesus said in John 7 and in verse 17, if any man will do his will, speaking of the will of the Father, the will of God, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. You're going to have to determine whether this doctrine, this belief, this faith, this, this uh, church, this uh, denomination that you're in, whether it's from God or whether it's from man, you're going to have to determine that. And, and, and it's, it's not a revelation that's just going to be God's not going to blind you and knock you down and reveal this to you. You're, you're going to have to seek. You're going to have to knock. You're going to have to ask whether this thing is of God or whether it's of man. But the key is, Jesus said, if any man will do his will, it's about surrender. It's about, okay, God, you're the boss. 
okay, God, I see this is what's in your word, and I will do it. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, the doctrine, not, not, not a hodgepodge of a, of a smorgasbord of every kind of conceivable church doctrine and idea and queer idea out there that you can imagine under the sun. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about he shall know of the doctrine. Whether it's coming from God, whether it is of God or of man. And you're going to find there's a lot of man-made theologies out there being preached in your church. So test the spirits, try the spirits to see whether whether they are of God or not. And it's it's not a pleasant thing. It's not a it's sort of an ugly thing. It's uh especially if you're a shy, quiet, gentle person and and just want to get along with everyone and and especially if you're impressed with the persona of a person and the fact that a person's just nice and I like this country boy that my minister that's always been there for me and i really appreciate all the good things he's done for me and and yeah i mean i understand that but you're going to have to you're going to have to get past that and ask sometimes the painful questions and and more sometimes more heart-rending than asking the question is the results is the answer you're going to get sometimes the answers you're going to get can tear your heart out can let you down because you realize uh oh this person may while while he may be good and he may be a kind and gentle person and he may be a servant of the community he's not preaching god's truth he's not accepting god's truth he's not accepting he's not you know living by what the bible actually says he's preaching something else and from there, you have to go on to bigger and greater things. Well, just remember this key scripture, John 7 and verse 17. If any man, Jesus speaking, will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane. Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net.